This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. So why do seagulls live near the sea? Because if they live near the bay, they'd be bagels. Welcome to Wings and Things, where you'll find real answers to real questions about everything you want to know about pet birds. Care, feeding, bird products, travel, and more. Everything to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. From parrots to parakeets, cockatiels to cockatoos, you'll have a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about your fun, feathered friends. So, spread your wings and get ready to fly with your Wings and Things host, bird expert and author, Susan Chamberlain. Hello, welcome to Pet Life Radio. I'm Susan Chamberlain, your host of Wings and Things, and today we're going to go on an adventure, discovering a whole new world. We'll take it through seven days in paradise. Although the earliest accounts of parrots and related birds were recorded in the areas in which they lived as wild birds, the widespread fascination with these exotically plumed denizens of the jungles, savannas, and forests flourished as a result of global exploration. In 327 BC, Alexander the Great's troops brought the first parrots to Europe from India. These were probably Indian ringnecks, and later on, the Alexandrine parrot, which was named for Alexander the Great. Marco Polo reported sighting a variety of parrots in the coastal areas of southern India. The Portuguese, who controlled part of the West African coast in the mid-1400s, brought African gray parrots back home with them. Lore has it that a flock of parrots caused Christopher Columbus to veer from his course in 1492 and make landfall in the Caribbean, where he was presented what were probably Cuban Amazon parrots in exchange for the gifts he brought to the natives. Further exploration took Columbus to Guadalupe and Trinidad, where he was the first European to see macaws. Several years later, the Portuguese discovered Brazil, which they called Terra de Papagaios, land of the parrots. In the 1500s, Magellan's crew reported on cockatoos they'd seen in their travels, and mapmaker Gerard Mercator designated an area, probably Australia, as Sitacorum Regio, region of the parrots. If Lewis and Clark observed parrots on their travels across the United States, they were probably straying Carolina parakeets. Your own quest for a parrot, cockatiel, budgie, cockatoo, or even a pair of finches has likely led you on an odyssey of discovery. You've chosen the bird, or vice versa, navigated the cage maze, plundered bird toy shelves, and foraged for suitable food for your new pet. You've returned home from your exploits with exotic wood for purchase, fanciful structures for playtime, and other hitherto unknown treasures. Now the real adventure begins. Day one. Dappled sunlight and the creaking of shifting bamboo outside the window awoke me. The birds stirred beneath their cage covers, and the sounds of the Amazon jungle reverberated in my ears. My voyage into parrot parenthood had begun. As they do in the wild, pet birds awake with a joyful noise. After greeting each other and their human flock leader, which is you, 
They're ready to go about their daily routine of foraging, bathing, and grooming, work, and play. You are the one who establishes the routine, and you'll find that your bird will quickly adapt to your schedule. Food, water, cleaning, bathing, and companionship are the basic necessities in your household jungle. A good morning routine begins with routine cage cleaning and replenishment of food and water. Soft, fresh foods such as fruit, vegetables, cooked eggs, ready-to-cook bird food mixtures, and even pasta should be fed early in the day or at a time when uneaten portions can be removed after a few hours. Pet birds enjoy being with their human companions, and morning is an ideal time to interact with your feathered friend. Permit it to sit with you while you eat breakfast. Share bits of toast or eggs. Place your bird on its stand or play gym so it can enjoy some time outside its cage. This is a great time for a bath. Spritz your bird with a mist of plain, lukewarm water. If time permits, a short training session may be well accepted early in the day. If you're not home at this time, tailor your bird's routine to your own schedule. Day two in paradise. I was on a mission, and this time nothing was going to deter me. Armed with the tools for my assigned task, I was more determined than ever to conquer the insidious substance I call perma-poop. One of the first discoveries pioneers in bird keeping make is that dried-on bird droppings and foodstuffs are difficult to remove from surfaces. They stain carpeting, tint the walls, and dry like cement wherever they land. Why is it that one of the first things birds learn is how to thwart mess containment systems? Place a bird on its stand, and it will perch as close to the edge as possible, project its tail beyond the tray underneath, and target the floor. When you take steps to protect the tile or carpeting, a game of let's avoid the newspaper on the floor begins. Some birds are purveyors of projectile poop. Now say that fast three times. Shooting it through the cage bars and floor-bound arcs of green. Ideally, your bird will spend some time outside of its cage each day, playing on a gym or hitching a ride on you. The first line of defense is to restrict birds to rooms with tile, vinyl, or wood floors. Insist that the little travelers remain inside their cages each morning until they produce that first big poop of the day. Subsequent droppings are usually smaller, and in the case of a wayward splat, easier to clean up. Dried bird poop and mummified foodstuffs are difficult, but not impossible to remove from cage and household surfaces. Consider poop patrol a regular work detail and strike while the debris is still moist. Disease can be spread and allergy and asthma symptoms aggravated as dust from dried droppings becomes airborne. Remove dried on droppings and detritus from hard, non-porous surfaces by soaking them for several minutes. Pour a little soapy water onto the poop, then moisten a cloth or paper towel with wood Soak it briefly with soap or detergent specifically formulated for use on wood, such as Murphy's Oil Soap. It's non-toxic and softens and removes bird droppings and petrified fruit quickly. Sand unfinished wood lightly to minimize stains. Remove droppings and other debris from perches with a metal perch scraper. 
where cages are concerned, put a heavily soiled cage in the bathtub and turn on a hot shower. Set the cage out in the rain for a few hours otherwise. Take it to the car wash or use a pressure cleaner outdoors. Don't tell the dinner guests, but the dishwasher is great for cleaning small cages and dishwasher-safe parts. If your cage has a painted finish, though, be very careful in cleaning it. Pressure cleaners or dishwashers or abrasive scouring products can remove the paint. With carpeting and fabric, that really presents a challenge. Pre-soak clothing, cage covers, and washable fabric in a solution of white vinegar and water to loosen most stains. Test for color stability first on a small area. Wash in detergent and warm water to finish the job. Stains from bird poop result from what the bird has eaten. Beets produce designer pink birdie poop. When that particular product lands on a shirt or on the carpeting, treat it as if you'd spilled beet juice on the fabric. A very important rule. Don't feed your birds beets, cherries, raspberries, or other dark red food near anything you don't want speckled with color. Is that a fresh clump of green on your rug? I don't think it's pesto. Scoop it off neatly with a disposable plastic spoon. Do not rub it with a sponge or paper towel. Remove remaining residue with a damp sponge or brush moistened with water and a non-toxic carpet-safe cleaning product of your choice. Avoid aerosols, powdered rug cleaning preparations, and fabric deodorizers, as some of these products contain compounds toxic to birds. Ask your avian veterinarian for specific advice. Enzyme-based cleaners and citrus formulas are generally safe for use around birds. Always read and follow package directions. If you have further questions, call the manufacturer directly or consult an avian veterinarian. When poop has gone undiscovered on the carpet to the point of tackiness, permit it to dry completely. Then, using a stiff, dry nylon brush, gently scour it off. Vacuum up resulting dust. Use a dampened cloth and a little detergent to remove any remaining stain. Day 3. Adventures in Paradise continue. They were everywhere. Unearthly shades of red, green, yellow, and blue dotted the landscape. As I approached, they fluttered about on minute air currents. I struggled to comprehend the vastness of this new frontier. One thing was certain. I was going to need a bigger vacuum cleaner. Loose feathers, dust, and other bird-generated debris are the scourge of bird keepers worldwide. The first step in your crusade against birdie fallout is to determine its source. Cockatoos, cockatiels, African gray parrots all emit a dander as fine as talcum powder. Flakes of dead skin and tiny shards of carotene from feather shafts comprise larger particles. Did you know that dead skin cells are the primary source of dust in the indoor atmosphere? Seed, pellets, newspapers furry pets, dried bird droppings, and dirt from outdoors all generate dust. Microscopic dust mites, mold spores, and pollen complete the census. Reduce bird dust with the following routine. When you uncover your bird each morning, 
grab the handheld vacuum and clean up the fine dust and minuscule feathers that have accumulated around the cage during the night. Reduce airborne dust further by lightly spraying the paper cage tray liners with water before you change them. Remember when you were a kid in school and the custodian used to sweep that wet sawdust around the floor? Well, that was to keep the dust down. This is the same principle. With your dampened cage tray paper now, roll the tray paper like a Tootsie Roll as you remove it. That'll prevent dust from escaping. Wipe the cage trays and gratings with a dampened paper towel. Place all the debris in a covered trash can. Then go over the floor with an electric broom. Take the cage cover outdoors and shake it. The whole procedure should take about 10 minutes. It sounds complicated, but it really isn't. You know, once you get into a routine, it'll be fine. Use an electronic air cleaner with a HEPA filter. HEPA, H-E-P-A, stands for High Efficiency Particulate Air. It takes the tiny particles out of the air. It'll further reduce the airborne dust in your home. Uh, One thing I do in my bird's room is I put a window fan in one of the windows and I set it to blow out. It carries so much dust out of the house. It's just unbelievable. It works better than any air filter that I've ever used or ever seen as far as sheer quantity is concerned. It doesn't purify the air, but it does carry the dust outside the house. I mean, just take a look at your window screen after you've had that fan in there for a week or two, and you won't believe it. Ultimately, fresh air is the best purifier. Open your windows at least once a day, even when it's chilly out. You can conquer dust one continent at a time. And here's a funny fact about dust. I don't know if it's funny haha or funny something we never thought of before, but did you know that bacteria get around by hitching rides on dust particles? That's how they get airborne. Day four in paradise. My moccasins made barely a sound as I crept along the pathway. I scarcely dared to breathe. Then I saw her. Resplendent and green, she perched on a lower branch of the ficus tree. Cautiously, I drew closer. Before she could react, I reached out and grabbed her. Kelly, my orange-winged Amazon parrot, was about to have her wings clipped. Check out the lost and found section of a newspaper or visit a lost bird website and you'll understand why clipping your bird's wings is so important. In addition to preventing escape, clipped wings will often make your pet easier to handle and train and will help prevent injuries from flying into household objects. Have your bird's flight feathered trimmed at least twice annually, more often if necessary. If this is a task you wish to attempt yourself, have an experienced professional show you how to do it. A veterinarian or bird groomer can help you learn to distinguish blood feathers or living feathers from mature ones. Never cut a blood feather as the shaft contains living tissue, which is usually visible inside. The quill of a mature feather, which may be safely clipped, is translucent and empty. Most birds will be unable to fly when the first five to eight primary flight feathers are trimmed. Cockatiels should have all primary flights trimmed as they are often able to fly when the outer ones are cut. 
African gray parrots have prominent keel bones or the breast bone. So they require some length left on the flight feathers to permit them to glide safely to the floor if, they've star- if they're startled into flight. Keep your bird's nails trimmed for safety as well, for comfort and foot health too. Overly long talons may get caught in toy parts or prevent your bird from correctly gripping its perch. A budgie's nails are easy to trim because the vein is visible inside the translucent nail. The tip can be snipped with little danger of bleeding. Larger birds' nails are opaque, so clipping must be more conservative. Some birds even permit their owners to file their nails. Supplement your bird's existing perches with a concrete blend perch or swing to help keep its nails blunted between pedicures. Concrete perches help keep beaks in shape, too. The rough surface encourages the bird to hone its beak, especially after drinking water or eating moist food. Healthy hookbills provided with suitable chewing material seldom need to have their beaks clipped. If desired, you may lightly, lightly smooth the flaky layers of keratin, the material that comprises the beak, with an emery board. Malformed or overgrown beaks may indicate certain medical conditions and should be evaluated by an avian veterinarian. Because a beak has nerves and a blood supply, any actual trimming should be done only by a veterinarian or a technician experienced in the procedure. Unless a veterinarian, breeder, groomer, or other expert has trained you, it is best to seek the services of a professional for all avian grooming services. Maintain a regular grooming schedule to keep your bird in optimal shape. If you choose not to have your bird's wings clipped, and it is a personal decision, be very careful when opening and closing doors. You don't want your bird to escape. Be very careful about ceiling fans. Turn them off whenever your bird is at liberty inside your home. Restrain other pets. Make sure any bodies of water, like pots on the stove, toilets, and fish tanks are covered when your bird is at liberty. And also, make sure you don't have any toxic house plants or accessories that your bird can chew on. You know, a bird at liberty throughout the house will find mischief wherever it can. Sitting on a branch overlooking the parking lot, the pigeons watched as a Mercedes pulled in below them. What do you think, one bird said to the other? Should we put a deposit on that car? Stay perched. Wings and Things will be soaring back right after these messages. What if you could protect the life of your cat with something so simple and affordable that you already use every day? Get ready for the evolution of kitty litter. It's Pretty Litter. Along with all the features you've come to expect from your kitty litter, Pretty Litter's patented and scientific formula will also monitor your cat's health and detect illnesses early while providing industry-leading odor control. Two kitty litters, same cat, same price. But there's one important difference. Pretty Litter reacts to your cat's waste by detecting health issues simply by changing color. And the key is that Pretty Litter detects these issues before your cat shows symptoms of physical illness or pain, likely saving you major dollars in vet bills while protecting the health of your cat. What do you think, little guy? Ready to switch litter? Pretty Litter. Colorful insight into your cat's health. Go to prettylittercats.com. 
forward slash CAT101 or use coupon code CAT101 to get 20% off your first subscription order. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, in France. There are millions of them. Don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back with more great words on birds with your host, Susan Chamberlain. Now we're about to embark on day five of our adventure. Like diamonds, the water droplets glistened in the sunlight. Frenzied splashing ensued as the mist enveloped the birds. It's bath time in paradise. Most tropical birds love to bathe. Frequent bathing is necessary for healthy skin and feathers, and to some degree, parasite control. Bathing stimulates preening and adds beneficial temporary humidity to the indoor environment. Did you know that tropical birds are often motivated to bathe when they hear the sound of a vacuum cleaner? So many people report that experience. Uh, Mike Kelly hangs upside down and sticks her head in her water dish whenever I'm vacuuming. And um, I don't know if she's trying to bathe or trying to drown herself because of the noise. But opinions vary as to why birds do this. But one theory is that the noise of the vacuum cleaner is similar to that of the wind during a jungle rainstorm. Mist your bird with clear, lukewarm water or offer a bath dish or enclosure at approximately the same time each day. Some people even bring their birds into the shower with them. Some birds enjoy being blown dry with a hair dryer, but this is very risky as injuries may result from contact with heating elements or electrical cords. Exposure to fumes from heated coatings used on the components of some hair dryers can result in avian death. Temperature extremes can be harmful. Instead, locate your bird in a warm, draft-free room to dry. I place my birds on dry perches after they've had their baths so that their feet aren't on chilly, damp surfaces for an extended period of time. Don't soak your birds during cold weather. A light misting will suffice. And never, ever bathe a sick bird. Does your macaw have curly tail syndrome? If the feather barbs look curled, it's probably due to a lack of humidity and access to bathing. You can cure this by generously spraying your macaw's tail with warm water every day. The appearance should improve greatly within a week or two. Day six. We're almost through our first seven days in paradise. I had lost my bearings. After each conquest came another challenge. When the television repairman found bird food in the DVD player, I knew it was time to plot a new course. It's a jungle in here. When you foray into uncharted territory and you're exhausted and confused, it's time to explore your options. It isn't difficult to take care of your bird and enjoy your home, but you do need some specialized navigational skills. How did bird seed end up behind the toilet? And what about those green footprints on the floor? Simply relocating the cage so that humans don't walk through birdie fallout and track it throughout your home may solve problems like these. 
Develop a whole house approach to your bird care routine. A cabinet or closet reserved exclusively for bird food and accessories will help you keep things organized and handy. Cage location is crucial. Place it where your bird will be a part of household activity, yet not in the middle of a maelstrom. Be sure to situate the cage far enough away from furniture and walls so that the little beaked vandals can't chew the woodwork. Purchase pre-cut cage tray liners for convenience or cut your own from black and white printed newspaper. Install several layers at a time in the cage so that you can easily and quickly lift soiled paper out. I pick my paper up in the morning. I clean the cage after the birds have slept in it all night. You know, there's a lot of dust and dander and a couple of big bird poops in there. And then I do it again before the birds are ready to go to bed for the evening so that they're not sleeping with the day's mess inside their cage. And it's really really easy. It just takes a couple of minutes. Eliminate foul drinking water and drenched floors by training your bird to drink from a water bottle. Be sure the bird is actually drinking from the bottle before you remove its regular dish. Wash the bottle and change the water daily. Is tossed seed and flung fruit a problem? Feed your bird only inside its cage. Reserve the play gym only for playtime. You know, it's tempting to put dishes of food and treats on your bird's play gym, but your bird really does not need to be eating constantly 12 hours a day. Instead of feeding chopped and sliced fruit and veggies, String them on a kebab-style feeder. Or for small birds, clamp the produce to cage bars with clips especially for this purpose. Um, There's one called the Hagen, H-A-G-E-N, Hold All. And it's just a little clip. It attaches to cage bars and put chunks of carrot, broccoli, corn on the cob, and things like that in your parakeet's cage. And you'll see your parakeet begin to eat those healthful veggies very quickly. Locate perches, toys, and other cage furniture out of bombing range. And you know what that means. Purchase cages with an eye toward practicality. Outside access feeders angled, mess-catching cage aprons, and ample space between the grating and cage tray all work to reduce your housekeeping chores. Day 7. We're not going to rest. I had arrived at the summit. The birds were happy and healthy, their cages for the moment pristine. Like any good campsite, my home was in order. A new vacuum cleaner stood at attention. Paradise found. Time management and adherence to a regular cleaning schedule are essential markers on the road to successful and happy parenthood. Sometimes you'll feel like your bird's butler, serving meals at semi-regular times, servicing the cage and performing myriad cleaning chores. Other times you'll feel like Balboa, discovering the Pacific Ocean. Each day with your bird brings something new and unexpected. Modern-day explorers are still discovering new parrot species. Since 1988, four new species have been identified in South America. Your own explorations are ongoing as well. You've discovered new bird products, mapped your maintenance strategies, and charted a grooming schedule. Your new pet bird is ensconced in your home, 
and you've embarked on your own adventures in paradise. Bon voyage! Stay perched. Wings and Things will be soaring back right after these messages. Put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four-legged make great memories and Instagram-worthy photos. They're available in two colorful themes, Tropical and Fireman. It's a dog's life. Celebrate it with Molly and Bandit Pet Party at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, in France. There are millions of them. Don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back with more great words on birds with your host, Susan Chamberlain. Now for the second segment of our program today, we have a daily care checklist which will help you organize your day and take care of your bird more efficiently. In the morning, if you use a cage cover, take it outside and shake it out. Spray the cage tray paper lightly with water to reduce the amount of dust dispersed into the atmosphere. Then remove the soiled paper and replace it with a clean layer. Clean up the surrounding area with a handheld vacuum or dust mop. Apply bird dropping remover to any dried droppings on your floor. Wipe it clean after a few minutes. Change your bird's drinking water. Provide seed and pellets. Provide fresh fruit, vegetables, and other human food. Make time for bath time. If your bird bathes inside its cage, make bath time the first event on this list. Then make time for a training session or playtime. In the afternoon, remove uneaten portions of soft and fresh foods. Wipe new droppings and flung foodstuffs from cage bars, perches, and gratings. Check water for cleanliness. Schedule in a little more playtime. It's time for a new toy or some out time on the play gym. And then, especially if you have a South American bird, it is time for siesta. In the evening, remove the cage tray paper again. Wipe the tray and grating with a damp paper towel and install clean paper. Wipe or scrape perches if necessary. Remove and wash food and water dishes and replace with clean, filled dishes. Clean up the area around the cage and rest and relax with your bird. Your weekly schedule should include the following. Remove and wash cage gratings and trays once a week. Launder the cage covers. Use unscented detergent or plain hot water. Machine or line dry. Do not use fabric softeners in the washer or dryer as birds may be sensitive to the chemicals in them. Remove and wash the perches. Wash the floor around the cage. Wash pre-filters on electric air cleaning machines weekly or as directed by the manufacturer. Dust your ceiling fans. Check your bird's toys for damage, loose parts, and dirt. Clean and organize the bird pantry. Keep the bird's food in pest-proof containers. Once a month, wash the entire cage thoroughly. Hand wash using a bucket and cloth or put the cage in the shower. 
roll large cages outdoors, and power wash them once or twice a year. Every month, wash or replace your heating or air conditioner filters. Launder curtains and other washables that are located in the bird area. Vacuum the walls and woodwork in avian territory. You probably don't realize it, but even the walls get pretty dusty. Your bird's basic grooming schedules should include some of the following. A bath. That should occur daily unless it's unreasonably cold. And never, never bathe a sick bird. Nails. Have them clipped regularly. Don't wait until they got caught in toy parts or begin lacerating your arms. Wings. Inspect for new feather growth every few weeks. Schedule clippings accordingly, usually two to four times a year. The beak. An avian veterinarian should evaluate the beak's condition. An overgrown or misshapen beak can indicate disease. If clipping is deemed necessary, a veterinarian or experienced technician should perform the procedure. You or your bird's groomer can gently file rough spots from the beak with an emery board. Provide a concrete blend perch, cuddle bone, or mineral block, and chewy wood toys to encourage chewing and beak coning. Those are very good things to get in the habit of doing. Don't forget, once you get into a routine, it's an awful lot easier. It's really, really not difficult. Um, I was recently on a TV program where they asked me if birds were difficult to care for. And the first part of my answer was, no, they're not difficult. And the second part of my answer was, but they do require some specialized care. And yes, they do. But once you get into a routine, you can do it. Just avoid, you know, getting too many birds. Some people think, oh, if one bird is this much fun, two birds, four birds, six birds, eight birds will be that much more fun. Well, they're also that much more work. And it can mount up and take up a great deal of your time, especially if you want to do it right. But by getting into a routine, you can certainly minimize that time investment and you'll have much more time to just have fun with your bird. Now I have time to answer a question or two. First question is, is it okay to put citrus branches, specifically tangerine, in my African gray's cage? Would this make her sick or worse? I did a little research and found that citrus branches are generally safe for use as perches as long as they have not been sprayed with pesticides or fungicides or collected from trees growing near a highway. Chemicals from vehicle emissions may have contaminated the branches. Avoid branches that show evidence of mold, mildew, or fungal growth. Remove the leaves and scrub the branches thoroughly with a stiff brush and water to remove bird droppings, insect eggs, and other debris. You might add some white vinegar to the water to counteract mold spores. Allow the branches to dry thoroughly, preferably in the sun, before putting them in your bird's cage. Many hook-billed birds enjoy stripping bark from natural branches. If your bird begins to actually eat the bark or seems sensitive to the wood, remove the citrus branches and resume the use of your present perches. Another um, listener queried us um, saying several months ago, 
I saw an environmental working group's website concerning nonstick cookware. We have a lilac-crowned Amazon parrot who resides in the kitchen on the opposite end of our gas cooktop. I looked up the environmental working group's website and ended up giving all my nonstick cookware to my sister. I'm left with stainless steel and porcelain enameled cast iron. The problem is my husband loves pancakes. What type of pan do you suggest I make them in so they don't stick to the pan? Also, are there any of the waffle makers on the market that are safe to use with a bird in the kitchen? With the bird is about 15 to 20 feet away from the cooktop. Well, the pancake dilemma is an easy one to solve. I use stainless steel cookware for all my stovetop cooking. All you have to do is simply spray the inside of a good quality stainless steel frying pan with cooking oil spray or wipe some liquid oil on the cooking surface with a paper towel. It's not a good idea to have your bird in the kitchen while you're cooking because any cooking fumes may adversely affect your bird. Preheat the pan, pour in the pancake batter, and cook as usual. Uh, Here's a cleaning hint. Pour very hot water into the pan as soon as you finish cooking and while the pan is still hot. By the time you've finished eating the pancakes, any stuck-on residue should come off easily. The waffle iron situation is a little more difficult. I've not been able to locate a mass-marketed waffle iron today that has not been treated with nonstick polymers. You might find an old-style steel grid waffle maker in a thrift shop, at a garage sale, or in a relative's attic. The convenience of nonstick cookware is not worth risking your bird's life. Switch to frozen waffles, but be sure your toaster does not have nonstick components. Or eat pancakes instead. Add some blueberries to whole wheat pancakes and share them with your bird. And where possible, locate your bird away from the kitchen. Temperature extremes and cooking fumes may be harmful. Unfortunately, sudden avian death is often the first indication that a bird has been exposed to fumes from nonstick cookware. Ventilate your home well when you're cooking. Open the windows and use a range hood that vents to outdoors. Many over-the-stove hoods blow cooking fumes into the room. Central air conditioning and forced air heating systems can disperse fumes throughout your home as well. Close the vents in your bird's area and open several windows in different locations throughout your home when any suspect appliance is in use. Do not depend on air filters to remove toxins from the air. Don't assume that nonstick cookware is safe to use around your bird because you haven't had a problem yet. Boil-in bags and plastic microwave food containers may also emit toxic fumes if they are overheated, burned, or boiled dry. Always tend your stove when you're cooking. Do not leave an empty pan on a hot burner. Fumes from hot, empty pans can be fatal to pet birds. Instead of nonstick cookware, use stainless steel, copper-clad stainless steel, copper, the classic white oven-to-table cookware called corningware, glass, aluminum, or cast iron. Those are all so much safer than the nonstick variety. They're easy to use and a lot safer for your bird and even for you.
several years ago, 2020, did an expose on the dangers of nonstick polymers. And now, you know, with the holiday season coming, they're advertised everywhere, the nonstick pots and pans for gifts, for holiday cooking. But if you have a bird, beware of them. They are not good and they could kill your bird. Thank you for listening to Wings and Things here on Pet Life Radio. Please email me, Susan, at PetLifeRadio.com with your questions and your experiences with your own pet bird. I'd love to hear them and share them with our listeners. And thank you again. We'll see you next time on Pet Life Radio. Join us every week on Wings and Things with your host, Susan Chamberlain, and get a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about pet birds and how to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. Wings and Things, only on PetLifeRadio.com.